0: Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host Kim Bilotto will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.
1: And welcome to In the Oil Patch radio show. I'm your host, Kim Bilotto, and today we have a show that you do not want to miss. We will be joined by the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge, and getting the latest updates on how they're handling COVID-19 and the oil price crash. But first, before we catch up with Sean, I want to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine, in which it features Tom Pyle. He is the president and founder of the Institute of Energy Research. And for all of you that think that Shell does not cover the other side of the topic, if you will, this is an advocacy group that talks a lot about energy and some energy reform. And we were able to catch up with this great organization and really get their ideas on what energy can do to help in of course the discussion of climate change to read all about Tom Pyle be sure to go to shale that's dot com to learn all about his great organization and of course catch up with the latest issue of shale magazine I'm not sure if this is on your radar or on your calendar if you will we are having our State of Energy Corpus Christi, September 22nd. This will be a sold out event, guys. You want to get your tickets now. We're still accepting sponsors. So for more information, go to shellmag.com slash state of energy. And be sure to join the fastest growing energy chamber in Texas. It's called Teak, Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. If you want to get back into the groove of things, 10 great mixers, Be able to advertise your company to the right buyers. Teak is the chamber for you. For more information, go to TXEnergyAdvocates.org. Again, that's TXEnergyAdvocates.org. And now it's time to welcome on the editor of Shell Magazine and my trusty co-host, David Blackman. David, how are you? Just doing great. It's just another beautiful day in Texas. It sure is. But, you know, is there something strange going on where you are in Texas? Because the weather here, uh, you know, in San Antonio area has just been really wonky lately. Like every day we have major, major (laughs) storms. And the one that blew through was absolutely crazy. Hail, I mean, everybody's yard looks like it, it it was something else. But let's jump into some questions pertaining to energy, of course. I want to talk about oil prices. We had a really good run over the last few weeks as WTI hit and climbed into almost $35 a barrel before dropping back a bit this week. And I know I'll walk through the station, and the station manager will be like, hey, prices are going up. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> don't count on anything major happening. What are the market factors that are creating this price comeback, and are we just going to keep seeing the bobbing up and down?
2: Yeah, uh, well, I, you know, in our daily Shell update uh, on thursday i wrote that you know warned everybody that these recovery progressions never go in a straight line right you're going to go up and then you're going to you know retrace a little bit and go back up and down and, but but yeah we've had a great recovery really much faster than anyone anticipated uh, up into the mid-30s and um you know that's due to the, Two factors that we keep talking about and you know on our program and in the the daily shale updates that we post at the website um and that's that u.s production fell off a cliff beginning in march uh fell much more rapidly than anyone mm-hmm. predicted it would and still some are still missing how how much we've lost mm-hmm. uh and then you have the opec plus cuts go into effect at the first of may and 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 you've had China and the Asian countries and European nations and the United States begin reopening our economies. And so demand has has begun to ramp back up much more quickly than people expected. Uh, And so you've just had this closing of that gigantic. It was a 25 million barrel a day gap around the 1st of April, uh, excess supply on the market. Right now, it's probably more like 5 to 7 million barrels a day. And Russia thinks... It'll be completely rebalanced by the end of June. So that's uh, that's why everything's been so bullish lately.
1: And, you know, later on in the show, um, our guest is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. It was good to catch up with him and talk about, you know, what they're feeling and, of course, his thoughts on, you know, how fast will recovery bounce back. So uh, definitely a good interview coming up after this segment. Let's uh, switch gears. I feel like I should do like dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun 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 dun. We had an (laughs) announcement from Russia this week, you know, opposed, you know, extending the deep cuts for OPEC plus deal. And we all know what happened just not too long ago when they opposed it the last time. It really triggered the whole bottoming out of everything. Now they're scheduled to meet June 11th. How do you think this will impact the prices if they stay with where they're opposed to the cuts, extending the deep cuts? Yeah.
2: So. So what everyone has to remember about this, this new OPEC-plus deal is that for for May and June, they all agreed, including Russia, to, to cut a total of 10 million barrels a day of production among those countries. Mm-hmm. And, and then in July, beginning in July, that reduces – that goes down to about 7 million barrels a day for the rest of the year. Uh, A couple of countries, uh, I think the United Arab Emirates and and Saudi Arabia have been suggesting that maybe we we want to extend that 10 million barrel a day reduction for several months beyond the end of June. And Russia, in a meeting with some of those countries uh, early this week, you know, made it clear that they would not support extending that 10 million barrel a day cut. But but it's not like it was in March where they're saying, no, we're not going to do these cuts anymore and blowing the whole deal up. It's just saying, look, we want to stick with the original agreement and, and you know, put a little more oil back onto the market in July. Because again, Russia's view, and I think you'll see others coming around to this view here over the next week or so, is that the market is going to be essentially rebalanced by the end of June and at a point where demand is still rapidly recovering. And so, um, I, honestly, I think Russia has a reasonable position here, unlike the, in, in early March. I think their position is entirely rational and reasonable, and I don't really think it'll have a major negative impact on prices.
1: Interesting. A- another interesting twist and turn in our lives in Mysteria Lane, or we should call it Oil Lane, Chevron <laughs> announced <laughs> Chevron announced significant layoffs this week. But ExxonMobil yeah. said it had no current plans for layoffs. Now, no integrated big oil company are alike. They're not cookie cutter. But what do you, do you think ExxonMobil can survive the price bust without a layoff? And what is ExxonMobil doing that is different, in your opinion, than what Chevron was doing? And so why are they able to uh, not announce layoffs at this time?
2: Well, I think there's a couple of things at play here. Number one, Exxon just is, I think, taking more of a wait and see attitude as they see the situation rapidly evolving. Uh you know, Chevron, of course, as you you say, every every one of these companies is in a different position both in their global operations and you know, just financially as well. And uh all the majors are much more able to withstand a bust like this than independent producers are. So Chevron did announce that they're going to lay off 10 to 15 percent of their global workforce over the next several months. They're, they're, they were engaged in a corporate restructuring program before the bust hit, actually. and And so they were probably going to have layoffs this year in any event. So, you know, you're looking at 4,500 to 7,000 people being laid off uh, across the globe by Chevron. Exxon did say, in their investor meeting, did say that they have no current plans to lay anyone off um, at that meeting. That doesn't mean that they won't. Right. it could
1: change at a moment's (laughs) Uh, notice.
2: But, you know, I mean, let's hope and pray they don't have to. Uh, If they believe that that this is going to be a much more rapid recovery in terms of prices,
1: that's a good than, sign than for the market. Anyone thought. Yeah. yeah, maybe
2: they can do that. I, I certainly, I, you know, I just hate to see anyone lose a job.
1: Right. And
2: uh, so we can hope and pray. Exxon is, uh, you know, just uh, uh, a very stable and strong company. So maybe they might be able to do that.
1: My last question is um, so we have to make a sad announcement. You know, Sarah Week was canceled due to COVID 19. And uh, we were scheduled to have a media booth and present at the World Petroleum Congress as well that was scheduled to happen in December in Houston. And they, too, have decided to forego this year. Of course, they'll be back the following year. And, you know, the significance to that, David, is they uh, visit around the world on the petroleum conferences, conferences that they do. And this had been the first time that they were coming back to the United States Uh, in 20 years so it's gonna be a huge conference and uh, yeah we got the notification so COVID-19 you took another wonderful conference so my question to you is when do you think we'll really start seeing our conferences start returning because there are some really good conferences that you know yeah uh, you know yeah
2: this industry has amazing group of of conferences every year I you know, I, I find that decision to cancel this far in advance to be unfortunate and, and possibly even hasty.
1: Yeah, because we're doing uh, our state of energy <laughs> in September yeah. in Corpus and Christi, should. and we should. Yeah, we yeah. are. But, I mean,
2: uh, I, I think that uh, the, the situation with, with the virus is stabilizing very quickly, and particularly here in Texas and Florida and, uh, and some other states. Hmm. Um
1: but then you know, it was I, but then I, it could have also been because it's a global conference and they're coming from all over the world
2: right right and 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 so that you know it, it just in addition to potential for the virus still being around in december you have all these travel restrictions you know um uh, uh, administration is putting a travel ban on brazil this week for example um because they've had a big outbreak as winter sets in in the southern hemisphere so yeah being a global conference like that makes it a lot more complicated Mm -hmm. and uh you know i mean i don't blame them but i i just wish they might have waited until a little closer to the event before they just canceled it
1: right Well, David, I know that you have to work on another cover story, and we're getting ready to catch up with Sean. So I look forward to having you back next week when you join me, uh, you know, helping us create another great show. So until next week, thank you for joining. i look forward to
0: it. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O shale oil and gas business magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing our digital advertising services include website email radio video and social media shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management visit our website shalemag.com
1: Now it's time to welcome our guest to the show, Sean Strawbridge, the Port of Corpus Christi's Chief Executive Officer. Sean, welcome back to the Wall Patch Radio Show.
2: It's good to be here. Thank you, Kim.
1: You know, I love catching up with you from time to time because there's so much going on in Corpus, and the port is the big player if you will, in all good things that are happening in uh, Corpus Christi when it comes to energy. And so you've had uh, a lot of changes because of COVID-19. So I thought it'd be good to bring you on the show. You guys have some new announcements. Um, And so let's get started with, the big thing that everyone is dealing with is is trying to recover from this uh, COVID-19. It obviously turned everyone's world upside down. The port being a huge energy hub for the United States had an impact, too. So let's begin there. Tell me, you know, when you saw this crisis coming, how did the port respond? And then what has been the outcome this far of being on a lockdown situation? What was the good things that you guys handled well? And looking back, you know, are there things that you're still grappling with as a port pertaining to energy?
2: Well... Certainly, when the COVID-19 pandemic became clear that it was going to have global repercussions, the port, like many institutions, first and foremost, started instituting health protocols for our employees. They're our most valuable asset. And so we immediately instituted a work-from-home policy for those administrative uh, employees that had portable jobs we did that in early march and those protocols remain in effect uh, today uh, we anticipate that we will have a return to work policy in place in the next couple weeks and we will gradually return albeit with the new norms that people are talking about social distancing or In the case of the workplace, we call it professional distancing. But the port of Corpus Christi, as all ports in the United States, are considered essential critical infrastructure by the federal government. And as such, the port itself remained open and operational and continues to remain open and operational. Uh, albeit with these new norms in place. The big impact, obviously, from an energy sector perspective, was the complete demand destruction that the world saw. We were consuming over 100 million barrels a day globally of crude oil, mm-hmm. uh, and that demand was uh, reduced significantly to the tune of somewhere between 25 and 30 million barrels a day. And producers just could not adjust fast enough for that acute and rapid demand destruction. The good news is it appears that we've seen a bottom in global demand destruction in April, and it's our forecast that uh, we will recover from a low of about 72 million barrels a day of consumption relative to that pre-COVID uh, spent over 100 million barrels a day, uh, we will recover to the tune of about 6 million barrels every month from May through July. And then after that, it's really anybody's guess at this point in terms of how quickly countries will open up, how quickly uh, the consumers will be back to traveling. Uh, and we are seeing what I would call some green shoots of recovery, certainly in the in the road fuel sector, mm-hmm. uh, where road fuels are down globally about 11% for the year. Jet, significantly more than that, about three times that number, about 33%. And all other fuels down about 7% versus same period of 2019.
1: Well, you know, when COVID-19 occurred, there was also... There were a lot of things happening in the energy sector, the oversupply, the flooding of the market coming out of OPEC plus that triggered, of course, this tumbling of uh, prices even into a negative, which we had never seen before in the history. So while you all are dealing with this being, you know, the number one energy port in the United States, exporting so much and having so much come in, at the same time, you all are dealing with this You know, oil price plunge, if you will, COVID 19 is right behind it as well. And looking back, you know, no one's dealt with COVID 19 before. So, as a port, understanding that you guys are a part of the, you know, required infrastructure that we need, how difficult was it for you to to really carry two major issues at the same time, uh, dealing with two crises almost back to back? And then also, you know, the slowdown that's occurring in Midland due to that is also like almost like a potentially third crisis, if you will. And so, you know, all these things are coming together. You've been there for a while, but you really don't know how you respond to a a good old crisis until you're in it. You can prepare and prepare and prepare. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're really, really fully prepared. When you thought about, what am I going to do with, first of all, the energy prices is falling out, and we've got ships coming in from Saudi Arabia, and they're circling around. We're running out of out of storage. I mean, this was a big storm that you guys went through, and you made it seem very seamless, I'll tell you that. We really couldn't see anything but good leadership coming out of there. But... The things that you experienced were things that we've never seen before. So when we come back from break, I really want to talk about this was a perfect storm that came and how you managed and your team managed through it. Uh, But we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to Endoil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
3: Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our free business snapshot that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now. 210 240 7188 or go to shalemag.com mag.com slash business snapshot. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now 210 240 7188 or go to shale mag.com slash business snapshot. That's S H A L E M A G.com slash business snapshot. Start dealing with a company you can trust and will always be there for you. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study.
1: And we're back. Our guest today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sean, before the break, I was kind of setting up for our listeners an understanding of how massive of a crisis you were dealing with because there were a lot of different moving parts that you were having to deal with quickly, and a lot of it was stuff you hadn't dealt with before. So, walk us through as oil prices are dropping off uh, or you know bottoming out and you know this this slowdown is occurring. You've got a lot of expansions going on there at the port, and then here comes COVID nineteen. Is this something you really were prepared for? Do you guys prepare for things like this? Because it looked like you managed the storm perfect, or you made it look very easy. So I, I want to understand how how you managed the storm.
2: Well, it, it's a great question, and uh, Kim, the the demand destruction that resulted from the novel coronavirus protocols and the shelter in place and stay at home orders that were issued around the world is obviously unprecedented. And nobody was fully prepared for that type of event. The port of Corpus Christi saw record volumes in 2000, sorry, in the uh, first quarter of 2020, uh, which was a continuation of the momentum that we had seen in previous years. And so we started the year fairly strong uh, with records set in January and again in March. Uh, And then, of course, COVID hit, and it hit hard in April. And as I said uh, before the break, uh, we saw significant demand destruction globally. And producers just cannot shut in wells that fast. So we were seeing an oversupply, an overproduction relative to demand, and that was fully to be expected. And that was a result, obviously, of COVID. You put on top of that the OPEC Plus market share war, primarily between Saudi Arabia and Russia, albeit short-lived, and but that that certainly had a psychological impact on the price of crude oil. We saw that with the May contracts that were expiring in April uh, going to minus forty dollars a barrel, unprecedented, never been seen before, uh, and prior to the OPEC Plus agreement to reduce its production by 9 million barrels. OPEC was on track to produce about 51 million barrels a day. Um, The good news is that thus far, OPEC Plus has shown discipline in their commitment to reduce uh, production uh, and by uh, May 20th, they were down from 49 million barrels in uh, April to 43 million barrels in May. And it looks like they'll reach their 40 million barrel cuts by June. That's great for certainly price stability. And we're seeing that already today with now WTI up over $30 a barrel, which is really the the magic number, if you will, for U.S. shale producers from a break-even standpoint. Shale production has been off organically and significantly as a result of the reduction in rig counts and certainly now the shut-ins at the well. The concern that we have is that have we overcorrected? Have American producers overcorrected? And at the time that these decisions were made to cut back both capital budgets and operating budgets by the energy companies, there was really, you know, we were in the, in the, in the eye of the storm there in, in April. And the port of Corpus Christi did exactly what our customers did. And that is, We reduced our capital exposure for 2020 by deferring capital into 2021, or in some cases, we canceled projects altogether. Uh, And we've certainly uh, instituted austerity measures with our operating expenses, such as hiring freezes and no travel, to be able to ensure that we are continuing to emulate what our responsible customers are doing from an austerity standpoint. At the end of the day, we've got a significant oversupply, which is why we've seen storage demand increase, and we're at arguably somewhere between 70 and 80 percent of storage capacity in the United States. And really, it's going to take some time to work through that overcapacity, uh, sorry, that oversupply. Our guess is it probably will not be completely worked out until the end of 2021 as we see that That gradual recovery in global energy consumption. I think airlines are going to continue to be challenged. We think that the bright spot is going to be certainly diesel and motor gasoline as people come out of their COVID cocoon and want to travel, want to get out of their homes. They may not be ready to, to get on airplanes yet, but they're certainly ready to get into their private automobiles. uh, I know I certainly
1: am. (laughs) I know I certainly am. When we come back from break, I want to talk about the storage capacity because you guys made an announcement you have some capacity. And that's an important thing that's playing into the energy market right now, too. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Wall Patch. We'll be right back. Welcome back to In the well Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge. Sean, there was an article in the Houston Chronicle last week about the announcement that you guys have 17 million barrels of oil storage capacity in the Corpus Christi area. My question is... How profound is it to the state of Texas? Will these 17 million barrels storing capacity affect more of the local area or how great of an impact will it have in Texas? As we see that storage capacity is definitely an issue, we are running low on that in places like Oklahoma. You know, to find 17 million barrels of storing capacity, how profound is it for Corpus and the state?
2: Well, I don't think our 17 million barrels of incremental storage that's currently in various stages of completion and commissioning are going to move the needle much. Uh, but it, it, it certainly provides yet another tool in the equity barrel owner's mm-hmm. tool belt, mm-hmm. whether it's by selling in a contango market, uh, and then selling the futures in the contango markets and having sufficient storage to hold their their supply until those futures contracts come to maturity. But the, the incremental storage was already, had already gone past FID, had capital commitments as part of our natural growth strategy. Uh, and these are our customers facilities. So when you look at Buckeye and Moda and Flint Hills and mm-hmm. Pinoak, you know, they're the, the most prolific in terms of bringing on additional storage capacity here. Those are all projects that were well beyond final investment decision and had already had capital commitments made. And those capital commitments that have already happened, we foresee them to continue to happen. A good example is the Exxon Mobil Chemical joint venture with Saudi Arabia Basic Industries here called Gulf Coast Growth Ventures. It's about a 10, 11 billion dollar Uh, project to build the world's largest ethane steam cracker and that capital has already been committed and that construction continues. Where we've seen more questions uh, around growth is on those contemplated projects. Probably the best known would be the Red Oak line coming from Cushing to Corpus as a joint venture between Phillips 66 and Plains All-American where they have deferred that project they have not canceled the project but they have deferred the project into uh future years uh in an effort to preserve capital and wait for uh better economic conditions to exist we were certainly disappointed by that for the very simple fact that that would have been our first connection into cushing which would then give corpus christi direct access to other north american crude stacks uh, Bakken, Nyabara, Scoop Stack, perhaps even Canadian. Mm-hmm. And so in the absence of that, right now, we are essentially piped very well for the Permian fields and piped very well for Eagleford. But we'd like to have some diversity by having other North American stacks available for this outlet, which is a great competitive gateway for the exportation of U.S.-produced crude oil.
1: Are you guys also adding on additional storage as well of, of, of building more capacity in, in your area? I don't see any more
2: at this point than what's already been announced, Kim. Okay. Uh, really, at this point, with the, the, the energy sector having such extreme uh, economic pressure, it really is about capital preservation. And our concern is that as we see more service companies go bankrupt, uh, which we expect to see a lot more of that, and we see these rig counts at almost historic lows. Being able to recover is going to take available capital. And our concern is that the capital markets, the traditional capital markets may dry up, for uh, Texas oil and gas companies, which will certainly place American the American energy sector at a disadvantage. Now, the, the majors are going to be well positioned. They've got great balance sheets. They've got great availability to capital. It's those mid-scale and smaller producers and certainly the service providers that are of concern for us, which means that you saw this acute pullback in production from US shale producers I think now the Marcellus has more production now going on than any other field in the in the country uh, you know that's certainly disconcerting for us here in Texas where mm-hmm. the Permian was really the large uh, the large player and and we had forecast that it would continue to be a large player um, it's going to take a couple years for I think the market to settle in and for people to determine where's our new our new norm and where's our new plateau so in the meantime we are going to emulate our customers uh, activities when it comes to ratcheting back their capital commitments and the port of corpus christi is going to do the same which is why to your point about how are we positioned to weather the storm uh, moody's put out a report last week that indicated that the port of corpus christi had the second best liquidity of any port authority in the country uh, and we are positioned well to weather nearly 60 months of uh, of uh, revenue, which we have uh, in terms of cash and short-term investments available to us. That capital was earmarked for growth-inducing projects. We're just going to have to push those projects out into future years until our customers are ready to position and place their capital right alongside ours in those growth-inducing projects.
1: And I wish that our listeners really understood You know, I think Houston, typically the Houston Ship Channel, is what everybody thinks of when you think about oil and what's coming in and what's going out of there. And that's, that's a part of theirs as well, but they also have diversity. The Houston Ship Channel is one large port in the Houston area, but there's many, many things that go into the Houston economy. And there's a lot of great oil companies and a lot of other companies that are very supportive to the Houston community needs. Corpus Christi is not really that way. Um, the port of Corpus Christi is by is, is truly one of the most generous in the community of helping, you know, the nonprofits and the community, always giving back. And a lot of the community really, I think, has become very appreciative but dependent on the assistance that the Port of Corpus Christi gives to the residents and to the nonprofits and charitable organizations out there year after year. And I know that with this, you know, what, what you guys are going through, what we're all going through, if you will, um, it has also had somewhat of a, an impact on the community. At, not to the point where I think as, I think I read y'all are looking at maybe a, a 10% decrease. That's not too bad. So I'm wondering if, you know, when we come back from break, how effective is the community of what you guys normally give? And then, of course, I do want to get on the Texas Energy Day that you guys held a couple of weeks back as well. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
3: I'm Tracy Bentley, the CEO-President of the Permian Strategic Partnership, an alliance of 19 energy companies located in West Texas and Southeast New Mexico. For the first time in history, our companies have come together with one goal in mind, supporting our community. In 2019, our first full year of existence, we committed more than $30 million to support six major initiatives, built partnerships with dozens of community stakeholders, and helped secure an additional $1 billion in state and federal funding for roadway improvements in the Permian Basin. By partnering with local leaders, we will continue to work hard to make roads safer, improve schools, upgrade health care, increase affordable housing, and train the next generation of workers. Because we don't just work here, we live here. And neighbors are supposed to help each other out. For more information, go to PermianPartnership.org. PermianPartnership.org.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sean, before the break, you were telling us, you know, all the things that have been affecting the port. But you guys are such a big contributor to the community, whether um, it's giving out free turkeys at Thanksgiving time or just a, a really big great partner to the community. How has COVID-19 and what's happening with the oil markets, is it affecting the community and what you guys normally give? And if so, how are you guys helping the community in, in their hour of need too?
2: The Port of Corpus Christi has been in existence for 94 years and has really been a fabric of this community. It is the largest economic driver for the economy, the local, regional, and perhaps even uh, a major contributor to the state economy. Mm-hmm. And as such, we—it's important for us as a port authority to make sure we earn and engender the trust of the communities that we operate in. We operate in two counties, and we operate in twelve municipalities. And it's important that those municipalities, whether it's their elected officials. Uh, whether it's their staff uh, or it's the community at large it's important that we have their trust and we're communicating what we're doing to ensure that the wheels of commerce continue to turn in this community uh, and the ways we do that we really focus our attention in four areas we focus our attention in uh, in job creation and economic development. We focus our attention in environmental sustainability and stewardship programs. We focus our attention on education and workforce development programs. And we also focus our attention on good corporate citizenry. Even though we're a government agency, our philosophy is to operate the port as a business, creating significant customer value and therefore continuing to drive investment here into this region that we can serve. Uh, We can serve those investors and and certainly their portfolio companies here. And you you have to be able to give back to the community. And one of the ways that we do that is through what's called our Promotion and Development Fund, which is a statutory uh, program that the Texas Government Code allows us to to give a percentage of our revenues into one of those four areas that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and our commission, my board the, that I serve at the pleasure of, recognized that in this, uh, in this dour economic environment we're in where we're seeing double digit, uh, unemployment, uh, we needed to get bu- businesses up and operational again, small businesses uh, in recovery mode and get people back to work. Otherwise, you will have long-term economic and health impacts. I mean, there's been no greater impact uh, on human health and poverty. Right. Uh, and there are plenty of studies to support that statement. So the commission agreed that we were going to raise the percentage of funds in our promotion and development fund, even though we're in an austerity program and we still think we can hit our – reduction in operating expenses with the increased uh, promotion and development funding. We've been able to accelerate funding to local chambers of commerce. Uh, We recognize that there are a lot of not-for-profits who can't hold their traditional fundraising activities. So we're actually giving more, we, 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 donated grant money to what's called the lift fund, which is a small business loan program for micro loans to small businesses that may not have access to capital through traditional means. And so that's really the role of the port as an economic development agency is to ensure that we are helping out all of those constituencies. Now, nobody has an uh, unlimited resources and, and we're certainly not an exception to that. So we recognize that demand is going to far exceed supply. But the fact that the Port of Corpus Christi Commission recognized that if there was ever a time to give more back into the community, particularly when it comes to small business recovery, now is the time they they executed on that. And we have since been continuing to support these local initiatives. When you talk about the Port of Houston, you mentioned uh, you know, the Port of Houston. They're, I'm sure they're good stewards in there municipality, as all port authorities are in the, in the state and, and throughout the country. But ports have not been, we've also been impacted, much like airports. And in the CARES package, there was uh, stimulus money for airports to help them with debt service. Seaports in this country received no money. So in the next stimulus package, there is a move afoot by the American Association of Port Authorities to emulate the program that airports got which was uh, grants to help with debt service and it's based on the amount of demand destruction that certain ports experienced and some certainly experienced more than others Uh, and and we're certainly supportive of that seaports account for 26 percent of the national gdp they account for a quarter of texas's gdp and texas seaports account for 20 percent of the total national exports 20 percent of the united states exports move through Texas ports. So if there's ever one single constituency that has a vital critical strategic importance to our national economy it's texas ports and it's not just the port of corpus christi it's all of our deep draft ports uh, that we have here in the state
1: it just seems that you guys do a lot of things that are really outside of the box thinking like the uh, texas energy day managing the critical importance of energy in america and and inviting uh, not just the media but individuals that need to understand or wanted to learn more about how are you managing coming back from it and this was a a pretty big thing when you look at the Texas delegation that you had included on the roster. You know, Senator Ted Cruz was there, Senator John Cornyn, uh, Congressman Cloud, Henry Quare. This is, you you had a lot of people there to talk and try to help manage through this critical moment. Uh, Tell me about it. We've got about two minutes left.
2: Well, we we had always planned on having an event in washington dc that week that was going to be infrastructure week and infrastructure week in washington dc is a big deal and ports are considered critical infrastructure so we had originally planned on holding that event in washington dc and it had been planned for some months when the novel coronavirus pandemic hit and we felt that uh, rather than cancel the event altogether given that the united states is the largest producer of energy on the planet and texas is certainly the largest producer in the united states and it's critical to our national economy and our national security uh, we felt what better time than now to assemble this incredible panel of business and political leaders mm-hmm. to discuss their views on public policy on uh strategies that are really designed to preserve the health of the American oil and gas sector and preserve and continue to create the much-needed jobs here in Texas. And we just want to thank all of the participants, both on industry side and on the governmental side, because clearly there was an appetite for that type of a forum, and we think that it was a great opportunity to have that discussion.
1: Uh, and we look forward to holding another one in the, in the future. It was a very, very good panel, and the second panel that covered a lot of the the governmental issues that were occurring, that one was very, it was all great, but I learned a lot out of that one that I really had not really been informed on, and so it was awesome Um, and good. I'm glad, looking forward to the next one. But, Sean, that is all the time we have. Thank you for for stopping, letting us have a few minutes of your time and getting us caught up on what's happening at the Port of Corpus Christi. You guys are doing a great job. Once again, thank you for coming on the show and talking to us today.
0: Thank you, Kim. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bolato will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.